0: Welcome to the Fail4 podcast. The purpose of this podcast is change the negative stigma around failure into a positive. Failure is only a negative if we do not learn from it and we give up. Welcome back to the Fail4 podcast. Today we have got the wonderful Amy Rowlandson who does the Focus on Why podcast and also is my mentor and trainer in how I came about doing this podcast. And actually, in fact, this podcast wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Amy because it was a distant idea for me and Amy challenged me on that and said why not now so this is why we're the podcast is here and it's my absolute pleasure to have Amy on today so thank you for coming on Amy.
1: Thank you for inviting me Henry it's really good to be here on the show that we instigated a long time ago now.
0: Yeah, yeah. About a year ago, we were we were doing the, the weekly pod sessions and talking it all through. So, uh, yeah, it's um, it's been a great journey, and I really do thank you for your your mentoring and your support. So, it's been wonderful. So, Amy, tell me how. Obviously, you you now do the focus on why podcast, but that didn't all start there. Take me back as far as you need to go to tell me a bit about your journey and how you got into maybe podcasting and business and and everything that you how, as far back as you need to go.
1: Oh my goodness. Okay. So let's let's get this uh, into some kind of chronological order and, and also not too long because we don't want to be here all day. But <laughs> in terms of where it all started, I think that probably the best place to start is back in 2016. And I had just quit my job on the basis that I realized that where i was was what was not where i wanted to be my husband was really struggling with his work in terms of his commitment in terms of his health so he was working crazy hours and i was like this is cannot happen this this is this cannot it's not sustainable to co- to continue so i quit my job with the intention of building a property portfolio and focus on that and i gave myself a 3 year timeline and i did that So fast forward three years, he stepped back from his work, he's now taking on the responsibilities of working on the property portfolio. And it gave me the free time to spend and do what I wanted to do, which is help people who are in their midlife mostly, and guide them through to fulfillment. And that's really a journey that I recognized in myself that I was very much in autopilot, very much living sort of day by day without really thinking about what the long-term plan was. And so for me, it was that catalyst of understanding who I am and what I can do. And then realizing that I was barely scratching the surface of living a purpose-driven life. And that kind of started it all because then I, there was a couple of things that happened so I, I got invited to help someone else to run a property network. And then we started doing property training with three days, one days, and I was doing one-to-one mentoring. But it wasn't really what I loved doing. It was the purpose thing that kept coming through. And so from that perspective, what I then decided, actually, you know I didn't decide. It, at the beginning of lockdown, my business partner said to me, let's close this business down and I was gutted because I'd put a lot of sweat equity into it and what when I really sort of focused on why I was really upset it was a podcast I'd started a podcast back in 2019 with with Dan it's called the property vault podcast absolutely loved this medium loved connecting with people loved the the work that we were doing and when he said let's close the business down I was that was what I was going to miss the most and so I thought well I don't need to stop podcasting I can carry on and purpose is where I seem to be focusing my attention I was starting to help people with their own life purpose having got some clarity around it for myself and that's when the idea of focus on why came to me and within a month the show was launched so that was the end of April 2020 and here we are now <laughs> two and a half years later and at the time of recording episode 305 so wow. it's been a bit of a journey
0: (laughs) yeah definitely absolutely love that and so much to untangle and everything you just told me so you know in true fail forward and what what we're talking about today so you had a lot of pressure you know your husband's working a lot of hours and just to have the awareness of that just to go okay i need to do something different and how did that feel leaving your job at that moment you know what was what the what was that feeling like
1: It, it was really easy it was a really easy decision again i was I was upset because I I really enjoyed where I was working but when you put things into perspective when you understand what's really important family will always come first for me and so that decision didn't really feel that hard to make it was just the the start of of my next phase in life and I, I do call it midlife beginnings and there've been a lot of midlife beginnings for me and with that becomes a lot of taking intelligent risks a lot of reflection a lot of understanding what where my focus should be so there's lots of different ways of of for me understanding what the priority is what the plan is and then focusing on that to fulfill it but it hasn't always been easy henry
0: no no i can imagine there there are it's a roller coaster life isn't it and it's it's plenty of ups and downs but um Okay, so now moving um, moving forward, you're now in this property journey um, and you've got your business partner, Dan, and then you decide to start the podcast. So tell me, when you decided to start that podcast, how did that feel and how did that come about?
1: Yeah, so we, we were hosting a network and it was a, geographically located in Gravesend. So we would have between 50 and 75 people coming every month. So we had a good room full of people, which is great. I know you host network events yourself and it's a lot of work to get people in the room. And we were providing great content for them. But what we realized is that we could spread more words, more more of our knowledge to a larger audience if we used a different medium. So that's where we decided to take to the airwaves instead and take our property knowledge into a larger space. And it just took off. So many people wanted to hear us. They love what they have. And it was downloaded in so many countries. I haven't got the stats right now, but at... at at the time, it was around about 90 countries very quickly. What's interesting is we haven't added a single episode since April 2020, and yet it's still in a lot of the charts across the world now. So that content is still being digested. It's still being appreciated. It's still being acted upon. And that's what I love about the podcast is that it has it's an asset and it has a longer shelf life than many other sort of social media platforms.
0: Yeah, absolutely love that. And how many episodes did you get to then?
1: 64.
0: Sixty-four. Wow. Okay. So that must have been. So then, then rolling on, you've sort of getting to the point now where your property portfolio is going good. You're getting the listeners and viewers, and then COVID happens.
1: Yeah. And so I thought perfect. Well, I didn't think perfect. I thought (laughs) no, no, that that, that wasn't my initial thought.
0: I know what you mean. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I thought this is okay. We can take the business online. So it was an opportunity for us to scale in a different way and to flex in a different way, and. But when Dan sat down with me, he was just saying he wasn't feeling it anymore he didn't enjoy what he was doing and i and there's no point forcing things that 's the one thing that you know we, we we can all agree on is that when things aren't in the, your flow state, then just don't do it just it's just not worth doing it unless it's something that you really have to do for a particular end result but this wasn't a have to this was a an option that he had, and so that 's where we then parted ways at the beginning of lockdown. And the new podcast was born. And for me, again, out of all of these sort of endings, midlife beginnings, just took me on a a completely different journey. And one that I had absolutely no, no idea was going to take off the way it has.
0: Love that. And one of my favorite, it's very cliche sayings, is is when one door closes, another one opens. And it's so much in life that we, we go through and these things are actually really scary of a business ending or something stopping or, you know, even when I've had members of staff leave, like really key people. And then actually something really good happens after that. And you're like, oh, okay. So you've had this door closed and then instantly out of that another one's opened of you going right okay let's get this new podcast underway so how did you go about going from idea to, to actually doing it in a month
1: well it just happened <laughs> it really it literally i i woke up with the idea on the first of april and thought yeah that sounds like a plan and I already had someone booked into the diary for the 3rd of April, and that was Sam Rathling, but she was due to record for the Property Vault podcast. So I, I'd had to, to mention to her before we started recording that Sam, this podcast that you thought you were gonna record with me, is no longer in existence. I'm now launching a new show. It's got no audience numbers. It hasn't even, it's not even live yet. Are you willing to take that leap of faith? And she said 100%. So that's that was where my, my first interview happened with her. And after that interview and talking about purpose, I knew that I was onto a good thing because the conversation just was shaped in such a different way. And we went into so many different sort of avenues and I I, I knew then that the topic of talking about why we do what we do was going to be a great one and within a month I'd recorded over 30 episodes and I realized oh uh, this isn't going to be a weekly show I'm going to have to release these episodes on a faster pace uh, release for the initial period at least because otherwise it's going to be a good year or so before episodes get released out so many people had time they had the time to record because they were all at home so it was definitely a great opportunity, and timing really was in my favour.
0: Amazing, absolutely love that. So we've found out how you got to there, but now I'm going to ask you the question: Why do you do what you do? Do what you do?
1: It it really comes down to the fact that recognizing that i'd been living on that autopilot and then shifting the gears to becoming more purposeful and understanding what fulfillment meant not only for myself but also for how i could help others to achieve that fulfillment as well and recognizing that my my sort of purpose in itself was to help other people find theirs it just made sense. It was a case of, right, I understand why I'm on this planet now. I understand what my, my reason for being is and how all of the things that I've done in the past have all come together, all these different skills and tools that I have all make sense as a whole. And being a life purpose coach is a joy. It really is. And helping people to mentor them to launch their purpose-driven podcasts is a joy in itself as well.
0: Absolutely love that. So you're constantly getting in your flow state and that really works for you.
1: Yeah, 100 percent. And flow is really important in terms of of just recognizing what is that driver, understanding my values as well and how they fold in. It's all the pieces of jigsaw that I hadn't really put together and had spent probably the best part of Fifteen years, whilst the children were young, trying to work out what it is I can do. What, because I was a, a stay-at-home mum for a majority of that time, and I was just thinking, what is it that I could be doing whilst they're at school? What is it I could be putting my my hands towards, and, and still be there and present for them when they came home? And if I, I don't do regret it, Henry, but if I'd known about podcasting, if I'd known about life purpose coaching, then then I I'd been a different place now but i don't do regret i'm where i am right now for all the right reasons
0: exactly that and i was just about to reframe that because if you'd have found podcasting in a different time you wouldn't have been ready to do that right Uh, um I do the same thing. I regret all the time that I didn't fail faster and I, and I carried on the business when it wasn't working faster and all these different kind of things, but I wouldn't have gone down that path and learned all the things I'd learned. And I think people, different things come to different people at different times. So I think it's just, you know, you even said it yourself, you learned a lot over that time that you've now purposed into what you do, what you do. So in, in essence, you've failed forward many, many times. And whilst we're talking about fail forward, what does that mean to you?
1: For me, it's about reflection and it's about understanding and really taking the learnings from what happens in life. And I haven't made many huge mistakes or big errors in my life. I would probably say it's just a constant series of small failings and I'm okay with that. I'm really, really happy with the, the way that I've taught myself to take those learnings on board and I see it through a combination of lots of things it's all about for me it's about how I measure success and also how I measure failure and it's it is a bit of a gift really to to uh, to be at peace with that to understand that you can play you can learn you can fail you can you can grow and it's trusting yourself that you are heading in the right direction so for me it's a combination of many things
0: love that absolutely love that so when you're talking about lots of mini failures, I always talk about that as in I was I had that my big failure. <laughs> that is the reason why I'm doing this podcast. And actually I wasn't aware of the all the mini failures, because actually it wasn't one big failure. It wasn't like suddenly just one day I woke up and the business had failed. It was lots of mini, mini failures that compounded. And we all, you know, you know, the compound effect. So actually you've had the self-awareness over time to realize that and let, and, and learn all those mini mistakes. So how did you, how do you find the self-awareness to, to not, to already feel that kind of failure and see the success failure, be able to balance it out and, and not let it compound into something massive.
1: I guess it comes down for me. Achievement is one of my big values, and I wake up every day and I look to achieve something in that day. I, it's very heavily linked to my purpose and and wanting to live a life of purpose, and being competitive and not necessarily with other people, or albeit that I am as well. I I, I like to win at sport, I, and I like to win it. <laughs> yes, if same. I've got a pub quiz, you know, I have to win that too. Uh, but it's it's a case of of play and understanding how learning it comes through that learning and growth again huge parts of of what make me Amy and so when I I I used to do a lot of rowing when I was younger and I capsized spectacularly at the national championships when I was uh, 15 14 actually uh, and then a year later I won it now it was under it was understanding that had to get back in the boat i had to get back in the boat and i had to row and i had to really pull together a lot of of different feelings and different understandings to know that that was just one small blip in a much longer scope and it's about taking those as i said earlier about taking intelligent risks because if you don't take the risks, you're not going to improve. You're not going to learn. You're not going to grow. And so for me, I'm constantly taking intelligent risks and being willing to try things that are new always, because if you don't do that, then you're not going to grow. You're not going to, you're not, if you're not willing to experiment, then you're not willing to experience failure. And I don't know if you have ever heard of Tony Bazan.
0: No, I haven't actually.
1: Oh, oh, that's cool because, <laughs> yeah, well, I love, I love it when people haven't heard of him because I get to, to share something that's pretty, pretty awesome. So he, Tony Bazan was someone who invented a system called Tefcas and Tefcas is about a success mechanism, but it's learning through trial. It's learning through failure. And his TEFCAS system, the, the T stands for trial. So you try something. And then the E, the next next part is the event. So there's always an event. And the F is the feedback that you get from that. And then it goes into checking. The C is checking. The brain's checking what that input is and seeing whether um, it's it's sort of gonna give you the information that you need. And the A is about adjusting. So adjusting to that information and where you compare your performance to the goal and you make the adjustments that you need to go forward. And then the next bit is about that realignment into the success piece. So it's about learning from failure and it's it's a perfect system for me because it's all about the effort that you take on board no matter what you're you're doing your brain is trying to succeed so it's you're training your brain to acknowledge failure by seeing it and reframing it into a learning piece and and that for me is 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 a brilliant model to go with
0: yeah absolutely love that you know it's just it it, i love the, the how you've positioned that or how that what's his name again sorry
1: Tony Bazan.
0: Tony Bazan. So I'm going to look that up yeah. after this for sure. Yeah. Um, and to have the acronym with it to remember, you know, because you're right and he's right. You're constantly just it's about failing, working it out, getting the mindset right, work out what's gone right and wrong, go again, and and to not give up and just see that. And and when you were 14 years old and you fell out of that rowing boat, how did that feel?
1: Uh, really cold. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was in Strathclyde and I. I tightened up my laces really tight and I was in a single skull. It was super choppy water. And I just remember going under and just thinking, I can't get myself out of this boat and really struggling because I double knotted myself just to make sure that I'd really, really got that re- as a resistance. And I got out of the boat, I was rescued. I was brought to the shore and it was. I was just so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed and I all my family were there. Um, other friends there supporting me, and I just remember looking out and just seeing the rest of the, the competitors, and just thinking, "Oh, that it really, really upset me." So it drove me. It drove me forward. To okay, this is a blip. It is a learning certainly don't tie up your shoelaces that hard <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and but also check check the, your, your boat you know making sure that you've got it set up for the weather conditions I'd been used to rowing on you know pretty much mill pond water this was a very different new learning for me and so you know I could take that learning into so many different areas of, of my life and I, I have done you know that it was a big piece for me in my formative years and so when I went the following year, uh, it was a national schools race first, and I caught a couple of crabs right at the beginning of the race, nervous. I was in a double skull with a, another girl, and that lost us the race. But And so a few weeks later, when it was a national championships, we, we were in a different boat. We were in a coxless pair. So I've moved different boats in these different circumstances, and it was just the two of us in that coxless pair we were 15 in the in the J16 category, but we were both so focused because of the errors that we'd made or I'd made previously. And it was not letting her down that was in my mind. It was a focus on what I needed to do. And, you know, being in that boat, being in that boat with someone else and making sure that you are rowing together as one is a tough ask. And then you've got the pressure of the competition around you. You've got the pressure of it being in front of all the people, all those people who'd seen me the previous year. Not that anyone would have remembered that I'd capsized, (laughs) but I did. And I didn't want that to happen. So it was a very different image that I had in my mind to get over that finishing line in a different way.
0: And then you went and won it
1: yeah yeah and you know that's it was a long time ago now it was it's, it's a long 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 time 30, 32 years or so now and it was 1990 and yeah but it stays with me those moments stay with me a lot
0: and so what do you think it is why were you so driven to win what is it what is it in Amy, that wants to win so much all the time
1: there's a, there's a natural high, the natural high that you get. I'm sure it, there's a dopamine rush, and I get that through sport. I, I definitely get that through either watching or participating in sport, and also the team element of being part of a, of a group of people, part of a not just me alone. So there's that collaboration element to it, and so connectedness. I think it's part of that, and that's why for me, achievement and connectedness are so important in my work and why I involve so many people in my work because I, I recognize that it's not just about me, it's about other people, and that by the shared wins that we have, and they can be small ones, Henry, they don't have to be big wins at all. They can be small celebrations that I'm always looking to achieve and celebrate and recognize along the way. So again, it comes down to reflection again and being and knowing having that very clear understanding of what success means what failure means and how I measure both of them as an individual because I think it you know we all have different measurements but if you don't know what you're measuring you don't know when you're succeeding and you don't know when you're failing
0: Absolutely love that. I love that. And I, I get exactly what you mean when other people's wins, because like like yourself, I mentor tree surgeons now and do a tree surgery mastermind. And there's nothing more. I actually think I buzz more from other people's wins than my own. And when I get a message to say, Henry, I've just done this, or we do one of our planning sessions, they're like, yeah, I've smashed all my goals and more. And I'm just like, yeah. There's a great sense of satisfaction, isn't there, when you're helping other people.
1: 100%, yeah. And so it's it's understanding and recognizing and I've got two grown up kids you know they're in their late teens now and helping them through understanding as well how they measure their success and their failure and how it is a gift to learn it was it's something that JK Rowling said when she spoke in her commencement speech back in a commencement speech back in 2008 she spoke of the benefits of failure and how it had really sort of been an importance for her in her life and it was just it's such a powerful speech understanding that when you strip away what she said the the inessential and stop trying to measure yourself against other people but to understand what's important for you and i think that's where it comes down to understanding and trusting yourself and being very self aware of of what it means to you so yeah it, it totally goes down to flow, habits, all of the above, all of the different elements
0: absolutely love that. I absolutely love that. And uh, Stephen Bartlett recently posted something on his LinkedIn about the only person that you should be comparing yourself is that is the person of yesterday, is, uh, of you. Um, and I think we're very much stuck in this culture now um, of social media and everyone's looking, everyone's living their best life on social media and everyone's comparing and going, oh, but they're doing this and they're doing that. And we should all just be comparing ourselves of our, our past selves and, and, and being in competition with ourselves rather than comparing against everyone. Albeit that does help push you on, but also, I think it has some negative feelings. So, you're just talking about your children. How do you get those messages across to your children about failing forward, about that when things don't go quite so right, that you know it's part of learning?
1: It's, it comes down to growth mindset. We've always supported, my husband and I have always supported the children in their efforts. So not always focused on the results at all. It's about the effort that they put in and knowing and and, and supporting them in in what they've put in. And they know themselves, if they've not achieved what they wanted to achieve, they know it's as a result of not putting in the effort towards it. And so it, that for me is a mindset thing. It's something that I, I've endorsed and we've always sort of encouraged from when they were young there's carol dweck's mindset book is is a great place to start
0: i'm reading it right now and <laughs> uh, and i've been doing the same now i'm like I was with my son at football yesterday i'm like ned 10 out of 10 for effort like effort 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 like as soon as you're talking that book was just going through my head and it's a great book isn't it
1: it is it's so true because there is so we're as a society we're conditioned to believe that there success is what we're striving for and and yet actually it's a case of we've all got these different measures and as you were just saying you can't just look at what other people are doing and then feel yourself as a failure if you look at where your starting point is and what you're wanting to achieve and, and again each day measuring it so that you know that you're you're heading towards it that's that's what's important
0: yeah, absolutely love that because I, I, I kind of still do that now. We're, even the business is reborn three years on and I'm looking at like other people similar age to me and it's, it's difficult. But I think I was very fixed mindset five years ago. I was fixed mindset and now learning growth mindset. It's kind of the thing that you wish they would teach more in school, right?
1: Yeah, it's about tr- trying new things. It's about going out of your comfort zone, knowing that you are preparing yourself to to fail. But it's OK you know, you're preparing yourself to fail and know that there's going to be a learning in there. It goes back to the Tefcast system and you're just reprogramming yourself. But it's a case of, oh, I mean, it's been said so many times, you know, you've got Nelson Mandela who said it's all about you know, getting back up again if you get knocked down. It's about Henry Ford saying that failure is only the opportunity to begin again more intelligently. It's 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 all of that. It's It's about pursuit of success, but knowing that failure is a necessary part of that and that it's not to be knocked back by fear. And so many people sort of stop because they're afraid of failing. Whereas what I'm looking at is I'm not necessarily afraid of failing. That's not what's stopping me. It's For me, it's always a case of, well you know, this, this is exciting. This is an adventure. This is a journey and I'm willing to take it. And I, and I have done since, yeah, I mean, falling out of a (laughs) boat. So it's, that definitely was a catalyst of like, well, you know, what's the worst that's going to happen? Well, I could have drowned, but I wouldn't be here having this chat now.
0: (laughs) Absolutely love that. I was going to come back to that actually moment. So you believe that moment is the catalyst and you've now used that and that's helped shape your adult life.
1: I guess it's definitely, it was definitely a pivotal moment for me. And there've been other moments taking, I used to coach rowers as well. And I used to coach visually impaired rowers who were same age as me at the time. So I was about 16 and I was taking them out on the, on the river. And that's a responsibility taking out other, other people on a boat. One thing, but visually impaired, you know, not that we're going to capsize. We're in a big clunky boat. It's going to be okay. Uh, But it was a case of really Relaying that information to people to helping them understand what it was they were doing and getting them to row in sync. Now, that's a challenge, but I didn't, I didn't I sort of, it wasn't scary for me. It was, I was like, I can do this. This is going to be a great success.
0: Could you imagine if you'd have given up after you capsized, where, what your life would have been? Do you think, where do you think you'd be? Do you think you'd be a bit more fixed mindset? I, th-
1: I think maybe. I mean, it's it's hard to to do the what if on that one. I, there's there's been lots of sliding doors moments for me in life, and when every I think the the important thing for me is to make a choice, make a decision at any one of those sliding door moments, and not regretting what the alternative would have been. I I am someone who strives for consistency. But also in the same frame, if something's not working, I don't consistently continue it for the sake of it. It's like actually, Amy, it's not working anymore. You can stop that. So it comes right back down to reflection, and I think that I am a great reflector, and it's what it's something I do on the podcast. It's it's a why I'm so curious. It's why I have this show called Focus on Why because I I'm curious to hear other people's journeys, and then I get those moments where I consciously have reflections with actions episodes after every five interviews and it's not just listening and, and publishing them and putting them out there it's like okay so what is it that I've learned from these episodes what is it that I could do what is it I could change have things not been going so great in my own world or business life whatever how could I then apply some of these learnings into to what I'm doing
0: Absolutely. Love that. Absolutely. Love that. So um, you're constantly developing and learning as you go, completely reflecting. So do you listen to your own podcast?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I, I listened back to every single episode. Firstly, just to check if it needs editing in any way, if it needs the audio needs cleaning up. But for me, again, I'm writing notes and I'm writing notes about what is of relevance for me to sort of pull on which threads I want to share in a later episode. But also it gives me an insight into the work I'm doing. It's reflecting on how I could improve, how I can be a better interviewer, how I could be a better podcaster and improve the listening performance for others. It's, it's a constant learning and growing.
0: Learning forward, failing forward. I mean all of the above all of the above yeah I listen back and I listen back when I'm driving and people say you listen to your own podcast and I'm like yeah it's difficult at first because you've got to hear your own voice and be happy with that but also you know it's the constant developing and learning and and keeping moving forward so tell me about the um the training you do so how did that come about so you've got this focus on my podcast and then you start to decide to start training people so how did that come about?
1: It's, it's exactly the same as what happened with me in other areas. And for example, in property, you do something, you do it well, people come to you and say, how did you do that? And then as a result, you I ended up mentoring people. So I start that happened in, in property. It also happened in the podcasting. I had people coming up to me and saying, I love the show. I'd love to get a show off the ground. Can you help me? So it, it came it was led by other people it wasn't something that i consciously said right i'm now going to be a podcast mentor and strategist no it was a case of other people recognized that i had a skill set that they could they could ask and me questions and i could help them and that was it and yeah the business arose from there
0: And how long have you been doing that for
1: Podcast mentoring probably since the beginning of 20 late 2020
0: Amazing. Because the reason why I ask is because the training that I received was amazing. Like literally, um, the, the, what came with it, the, the, the the sessions that we had together, but then all the check sheets and everything like that. I mean, it was, it was amazing value amazing training the systems i still go back and look at it now um, to have all those check sheets so how did that it evolve from 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 that was it were you always that organized from day one or is that just have you failed forward
1: okay so i'm known i'm well known for being an organized person and and having systems. Uh, but I'm also, I'm, I'm, I'm a creator. So I like to to know how to create something and what the process is behind that as well. So I'm a bit of a both kind of details person, but also a big sky thinker as well, which so is a little bit unusual to have the, the combination of both. So what I was doing is as I was working and doing things, I was like, well, I can, I can set this out so that I know that if, for example, my I need someone to edit it then they know exactly what it is that i want editing and i was like okay well other people need this for when we're doing training so i started to put together all of the of the checklists and as each as i was going through my first cohort of a group program which was different to just working one-to-one i was recording videos as and when i had each of those cohorts so it just all started to come together as a whole piece
0: so, yeah, it,
1: it just really worked. So thank you. I'm glad that you had found the benefit in
0: all. Uh, yeah, it was brilliant, honestly, to set up. I, I mean, I wouldn't have this show and be as organised as I am, and I'm still learning and not, as you didn't get, you got an email about five minutes before this. I'm still, still learning and getting there, but the, the structure and the foundations that I got to build from that course to be able to start and just go for it. And also get into top three uh, on the first day in the in the business and entrepreneur, you know, I wouldn't have done that without you. If I'd have done that on my own, I would have never have that screenshot where I was in the same, same area as Stephen Bartlett and Gary Vee and all those other people. So yeah, the training was was amazing. So um, if people would want to work with you on that, if anyone's listening and thinking, I really want to I want to start a podcast and i want to work with Amy, how do they get hold of you, Amy?
1: Well, probably the best place is to go to com, and you'll be able to reach out to me or, or just use my email, amy at com. I'm, I'm on the social media platforms, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. You'll find me.
0: Brilliant, brilliant. And I'll put that in the, in the show notes. So, and also with your coaching you do, tell me a bit about that. And, and do you have a specific ideal clients that you work with or is it for, you know, how, how does your coaching work?
1: Oh, I love my coaching. It, honestly, it is just magical to work with people who are looking for that clarity. They they feel that they're at a crossroads in life or that one, one of my clients described it as feeling as though he was in a washing machine, which I just love it. Just there's a constant cycle of just autopilot going round and round and not actually knowing where he's meant to be going in life. So I help people to guide them towards creating incredible midlife beginnings and it tends to be people who are in their midlife who have realized so in their sort of early 40s through to late 50s that kind of demographic but I've also worked with younger people I've worked with a couple of teenagers recently who are late 19 year old and late 19 early 20s and also some slightly older clients as well but it's to really understand what it is that you're on this planet for. And there is a culmination of different elements that I piece together with them to so that they can really see where their skills and strengths lie, where their talents are, what their gifts are, and just understand more about themselves. And when they do that, they then focus on what they want to do on the piece that's bigger than them. And that's where the fulfillment piece comes in. Because when you understand what your purpose is, what your life's work is, and where that can be sort of deployed in terms of what you're going to be doing to help others. And that's what it comes down to, ultimately, is your service to others.
0: Absolutely love that. Absolutely love that. So you take people from a journey from where they are, where they are a bit might be a bit confused about where they're going in life, they're not sure maybe if, uh, that they're quite happy, and then you help them find that purpose and make that decision to leap, leap towards it.
1: Yeah, avoiding midlife crises and create midlife beginnings instead and stop people from just filling in the moments and create moments that are fulfilling. So
0: Absolutely absolutely love that. You you touched on it earlier a bit about, you know, and it sounds like you've done this quite well, is going at a point of going, actually, I'm gonna stop doing that and I'm gonna start doing this and I'm gonna stop doing that. And I think quite often we are as human beings, we get comfortable. You know, we get in our comfort zone and then we tend to just carry on doing something, even though it's not making us happy or if this is what we think we should be doing. So you help people make those decisions and and sometimes stop, because, as you say, sometimes that's the most difficult thing to say, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do this. So is that something you work with people to do?
1: Yeah, 100 percent. It's about I, I call it sort of like the legacy learnings. You know, what is it that you want to leave as a legacy? And choose to live that legacy right now so it's a case of what do you want to to be known for and then do that now
0: absolutely love that so if you were if any of my audience now listening to this going I just don't think I'm right where I am in my life what would you what one bit of advice would you give them I know that's a difficult question but
1: <laughs> so they don't think they're right and so, they don't so think...
0: they might Right now, if someone's listening to this and they're like, they're, they're getting to that point, they're in a job or running a business and it's just not, they're not in flow state and they're just thinking, M- I, I know there's something more in life that I I could give to this life or or, or a different trajectory I should be on.
1: It's likely the main cause for, for that initial conflict is comes down to values, where your values are in conflict. So you're likely to be living against them instead of living aligned with them. And it doesn't mean that you have to completely shift your job, your your whole like it might be, but it doesn't have to be that. It's about finding where in your work you are going to be more aligned with your values. But firstly, you have to know what those are.
0: Yeah, yeah. And um, looking for those, like for example, I'm currently reading um, as well as Caroline Dweck's book, but I'm only about ten percent in because it's more like a workbook. But, but Dr. John D. Martini's Values Factor. Have you read that
1: fabulous book? Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, I had to keep picking it up and put it back down because it keeps asking me lots of questions and I've got to write everything down. But would yeah, you advise, it, you know, working on some sort of book like that, working through your values is.
1: 100 percent, because when you when you align your values with your work, you become valued for your work. And the, De Martini is brilliant. I love his work. Really, a really big fan. And The Values Factor is a great book.
0: Absolutely love that. So, if people again want to work with you, that's the same place as a podcast. We'll put all those all those links within the in the bio and description for this.
1: Hundred percent, yeah. So it, the easiest way is just reach out to me via
0: amyrodenstone Amazing, love that. So, just we're sort of coming towards the end, but you know we've talked a lot about failure. What does failure really mean to you? If you could sum it up,
1: I love I love failure. I think failure is probably. The best thing we can embrace in life because if we look to to embrace it it means that we've tried it means that we've pushed ourselves out of our comfort zone it means that we have really stretched ourselves but it's again it comes right back to what do we then do next it's about reflecting relearning, learning and then taking action so for me look look towards failure don't don't look away from it look towards it embrace it and take it on because for me the next step is always going to be a success
0: absolutely love that don't fear failure fell fail forward right
1: 100 <laughs> percent.
0: awesome so you know what it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on today amy it's been amazing for you to train me and get me to where i am and then now to have you on the show and share your wonderful wisdom on on purpose why and failure you know it's been fantastic interview Liz. thank you for coming along
1: thanks henry